0: Greetings Rams fans, this is Rams Up, a podcast dedicated to your beloved LA Rams. We do deep dives into the Rams and NFL news that you care about with a sprinkling of coverage of other SoCal sports teams. You can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram as well. Thank you for joining us. Welcome Rams fans, this is Rams Up, Episode 5, March 15th, 2021. And what do we have for you today? We have a recap of all of the recent news across the NFL, especially with the Rams. We have, as promised, an analysis of the Rams' running back situation. We have our four questions segment for questions and four answers. We have our weekly sports pet peeve of the week, of course. But before we get started, a quick shout out to the four Southern California teams that will be in the March Madness Basketball Tournament, Gauchos, Bruins, Trojans, Aztecs, good luck will be pulling for all of you. There's a lot going on across the NFL. Let's see if we can get you caught up on the important stuff. Les Snead has been making the rounds, indicating that the Rams will be restructuring contracts, or at least attempting to, between now and the start of the new league year on March 17th. They have a lot of guys that uh, are obvious targets for restructuring that will allow them to get underneath the cap. Hopefully enough under the cap to then go and retain some of their free agents that seems to be his intention and his goal we'll see if he can make it happen he's one of the best in the business it's very it's almost amusing to see how much heat he takes across social media for his um for his perceived inability to manage the rams to sign Rams, to good contracts, sensible contracts. I think some of the criticism is warranted, but what these same people are missing is that uh, he always gets it done in the end. The Rams are always able to field a very strong 53-man roster. They've retained some very good players. and He's, he's also one of the best at signing undrafted free agents and identifying great talent in the later rounds of the draft. So we're going to see what he can do in the next few days. It should be very interesting and could be a very important few days for Rams Nation. Other news, Dak Prescott signed his contract with the Cowboys four years for $160 million. $160 million. I think this is a bet that Dak made with the Cowboys and a bet the Cowboys lost. This four-year deal is a win for Dak. It's going to be tough for the Cowboys to improve their roster, and they definitely need to to compete in NFC. I mean, they may be able to win their division, as weak as it is, but they're really hamstrung with these contracts that, Dak and Zeke have. Now people people criticize Les Sneed for how he's managed the Rams contract situations over the years, Uh, but the Cowboys are in far worse shape. They have a much weaker roster, and now they have these two giant contracts on the books. Russell Wilson, is he on the move or is he not? He's obviously campaigning for a trade. Hard to say. On Twitter, it's one biblical quote after another. Not sure what to make of that. The most prevalent rumor I have heard is Wilson moving to the Bears, which I assume would mean the Bears' first-round pick going to Seattle, and they would then, in all probability, use it on one of the top quarterbacks. I think the Rams would love to see Wilson move on to the Bears or anywhere else, as long as it doesn't mean... Deshaun Watson somehow ends up on the Seahawks. Franchise tags came out. It was probably a pipe dream thinking that the Rams would be able to sign any of these guys that were tagged anyways. There's only a couple that they probably would have had interest in and, again, were not going to be affordable given the previously mentioned salary cap situation. The guys that I thought they might have made a run at are Allen Robinson and Chris Godwin, the wide receivers. Brandon Scherf the guard, perhaps, but like I said, I really doubt that was going to happen unless one of these guys wanted to come on board and make a run at a title for for a lower contract value. The Rams did not tag any of their guys. John Johnson, Leonard Floyd, uh, Troy Hill's going to be out there, Austin Blythe, these are holes that the Rams are going to have to fill. Gerald Everett, of course, he's a free agent as well. Morgan Fox. I'm not too worried about Darius Williams. He's a restricted fee agent, so I'm, I am feel pretty confident the Rams are going to tender him. Compensatory picks were awarded. And the experts got this pretty spot on. The Rams got two-thirds and a fourth. The third-round picks were number 38 and 41 in that round, 101 and 104 overall. The fourth-round pick was pick thirty six one forty two overall, so the Rams right now have four picks in the top four rounds. Remember they gave up a third round pick to Detroit, and no one seems to know for sure which third round pick that was. was it one of these? Was it going to be one of these compensatory picks depending on where they landed, or was it the the rams original third round pick? I don't know, no one seems to know. I want to give myself a small pat on the back. We talked about the Rams wide receiver situation and who they might be looking at in the draft. One of the guys I liked for the Rams was Emir Smith Marsett out of Iowa. And sure enough, the Rams have been talking to him, so they appear to be interested. I encourage you to go look at film on this guy. He just jumps off the screen as an NFL wide receiver to me. He's versatile. He can provide that vertical threat that they need, but he's not limited to that. They can use him in a lot of ways, and I think that's what McVeigh likes. He obviously needs that vertical threat, but he also wants guys that can run routes, uh, good with the ball in their hands, and just a complete receiver. And that's what Smith-Marset is, in my opinion. That's going to do it for this segment. In a moment, we will talk about the Rams running back room. As promised, this week we will take a look at the Rams' running back room. This is fairly simple compared to some of the other positions that we have and will evaluate. The Rams have a pretty solid room, a pretty solid group of running backs returning. They have Cam Akers, 5'10", 217 pounds. He'll be coming back for a second year by the end of his rookie season. He had proven himself as a premier NFL running back. He's the real deal, very versatile. Loved what he showed, especially late in the year in a couple of big games. Don't write off Daryl Henderson, 5'8", 208 pounds. Didn't see him a lot late in the season due to injuries, but I still really like him, and I'm glad we have him as a backup. I hate to even call him a backup because I think he... Can still be a lead back if needed. He'll get his share of carries. That's for sure. So we have Akers and Henderson leading the room. And of course we have Xavier Jones and Raymond Kalais also coming back. Jones 5'11", 208. Kalais 5'9", Didn't see much of them. Saw very little of them actually. They're both speed guys. Not sure what they have to offer. I know Xavier Jones was tremendous in the preseason, and some of his teammates really talked him up. So there might be something there. What we lost was Malcolm Brown, 5'11", 222 pounds. And that's really the only thing I am concerned about when it comes to the running back position. Do the Rams have that reliable back who uh, you can count on for ball security late in the game? who is going to get that extra two or three yards when it doesn't seem to be there, who can come in and spell your lead back. That's what Brown has been doing for years now. He's also been the guy that does well in the red zone in short yardage situations. I'm not saying Akers isn't that guy, isn't the red zone guy, because I think he is. I always felt great comfort Whenever Malcolm Brown ran onto the field, even if it was for Todd Gurley, a third and goal from the two-yard line or a fourth and one at the 40, Malcolm Brown was a steady influence and a guy the Rams really grew to rely on in those situations. And I think they're going to miss him. And for that reason, I would not be surprised if the Rams used a late-round pick for a bigger back. If not that, then I think Les Snead will be looking for that guy as an undrafted free agent. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because, like I say, the Rams running back room is in great shape. But I did want to talk about three draft prospects that jumped out at me as guys that would be a great replacement for Malcolm Brown. One of them, unfortunately, is not going to be available to them unless they wanted to use a second, a second or third-round draft pick on him, and they will not do that. But he's worth mentioning because I love this guy, and that's Ramondre Stevenson of Oklahoma, a 246-pound beast. He uh, will be a lead NFL back for someone. He's more than that Malcolm Brown type, but I did want to mention him because if you're looking for a big back, This dude's the real deal. Another guy that I liked was Nate McCrary out of Saginaw Valley. He comes in at 6'1", 225 pounds. He's a power runner, uh, but the NFL NFL scouts have been aware of him for a couple years, and he would be a good fit for that role with the Rams. The guy I really liked, though, was Jaquan Hardy out of Tiffin Heights, and no, I had I was completely unaware of Tiffin Heights till I ran across this guy, Division 2 school. Howard comes in at 5'10", 220 pounds. Um, he can he's a very dynamic player. He's a he's a big back. Uh, he can run with power, but he can also run with speed. He's a, he can be a slasher. He can be anything you want at the running back position. He can catch the ball. So, that's what really makes him appealing to me for the Rams in that role of a big back that can step in and be that reliable big back. But you're not really losing much either. And that was true of Malcolm Brown as well. He was a, generally a good receiver. He did have a couple of drops late last season, which were very uncharacteristic. I encourage you to go watch some film on this guy. It's pretty exciting. Uh, he may be available to the Rams as late as the seventh round, but... If they're looking for a replacement for Malcolm Brown, this would be a guy that Les Need might be looking at. They're in great shape at this position, except for that big, reliable back they may need late in the game and in short yardage situations. time for our four questions segment. Every week we'll be offering up four questions and the answers of course. Sometimes we'll have a guest on to answer those questions. Today it will be yours truly. Question number one. Who's starting next year? Kaiser, Reader, or someone else not currently on the roster? I'm going to say Reader. He played well throughout most of the second half of the season. Really came on, improved in coverage, was solid against the run, even did some blitzing. I love Micah Kaiser. I still think he's gonna play a role in this defense. At this point, I gotta give the nod to Reader. He was starting inside linebacker for most of the year on the number one defense in the league. I don't think we need to look for replacements or improvements. I think we should do that elsewhere. Keep Reeder in the starting spot, keep Kaiser there for depth. I like our crew back there right now. It's not no superstars, but it's good enough. Question number two, are the Rams drafting a running back? We touched on this in our running back analysis segment. And as I mentioned then, I think it's very possible the Rams could draft a running back late. And I think they will. If they don't, they'll definitely ping a couple of undrafted free agents at that position but one guy they may draft earlier is Demetrik Felton out of UCLA. The thing is, um, he probably won't play running back. He's more of a gadget guy, a weapon guy, can play in the slot, wide receiver. He's definitely a guy to look at and definitely a guy the Rams could draft. Question number three How do you feel about the new proposed overtime rule? Not a fan. It adds a little strategic twist at the beginning of overtime if few if folks are on familiar with it the way it would work is one team would decide where the first possession would begin in all likelihood that team would be selecting somewhere around the 18 to 20 yard line and then the other team would have to decide if they want the ball or not if they want the ball or do they want to defend but first team that scores regardless game over I guess it's kind of an interesting way to start an overtime, but I still don't like the fact that one team could never touch the ball. So in that regard, I'm not a fan. Question number four. If you had your choice, regardless of cost, who would you retain? John Johnson, Leonard Floyd, Austin Blythe. Which free agent would you like to bring back the most? And the answer for me is Leonard Floyd. As I've said before in previous segments, Rams are actually pretty solid at safety. They got five guys they can bring back. Love John Johnson, but that's one of our deepest positions. Austin Blythe along the offensive line. I think we can replace him with guys currently on the roster or with a third or fourth round draft pick. Not overly concerned about that. Edge rusher, the position Leonard Floyd played and the position he contributed immensely at last year, you're never sure what you're going to get in the draft. And we're not sure what Terrell Lewis is going to bring to the table quite yet either. So my answer to that is Leonard Floyd out of those three. That's it for our four questions. And we'll have another four good ones for you next week. Time for our sports pet peeve of the week. This one I suspect I'm not gonna get a lot of support on, but it's still something that bothers me. Let me set up the scenario for you. The Niners have the ball on their own two-yard line. After the snap, one of their offensive linemen throws a punch, whistle, personal foul. What's the result? One-yard penalty, half the distance to the goal. On the following play, Aaron Donald retaliates, throws a punch of his own. Personal foul. What's the penalty? 15 yards. So now they're at the 16-yard line. So two penalties, exact same calls, one on the offense, one on the defense. The net change is... 14 yards, in favor of the offense. Why? Because they had the unfortunate situation of being at their own two-yard line. So this is what I propose. And I admit this is thinking way out of the box. But why can't you do this? On penalties inside the 15 or 10-yard line, regardless of who the penalty is on, the penalty is half the distance to the goal but perhaps in the other direction if it's on the other team. So in other words, if the penalty occurs on the two-yard line and it's a 10-yard penalty, it's one yard, regardless of who the penalty is on. I know. I know. Sounds a little outlandish, but at the same time, it's actually fair. That's it for this week's Sports Pet Peeve of the Week. Don't expect to see this one changed anytime soon. That's going to do it for this episode. So far, we have covered running backs, the offensive line, and wide receivers, as well as edge rushers for the Rams. Next week, we will take a look at the defensive line. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to submit feedback and suggestions moving forward. And remember, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there.